Blog Talk Radio. Blog Talk USA. Are you tired of waiting for change? Tune into Blog Talk USA. Let your voice be heard on Blog Talk USA. Welcome, welcome everyone to Blog Talk USA. We are so happy to be here with you on this marvelous Monday. Before we get started, let me tell you how you can always find us, listen to our live programs, our archived episodes as well. The number to call is 605-505-9375. I'll say that one more time. 515-605-9375 to listen live by phone to all of our live programs. You can also listen online at blogtalkusa.com or blogtalkradio.com forward slash blogtalkusa. You can also find us in podcast form on iTunes, Stitcher, Apple Radio, pretty much any place you can find podcasts. You can find Blog Talk USA podcast and Marvelous Monday. And Now, let me remind everyone, we do have a lot of guests coming on tonight. I'm going to open up all the lines. So when you're not speaking, if you will please mute your own phone, that will help us reduce some of the background noise. And we appreciate that. And thank you in advance for doing so. Okay. Without any further delay, I know we have a great packed show tonight. So here is my mom, Councilwoman, Dr. Shirley McKellar. Welcome, Dr. McKellar. Thank you. Yes, thank you, thank you, thank you, Miss Ariana, and good evening. It's always a pleasure to be right back here every Monday on Marvelous Monday, and every day we wake up is marvelous, but it's something special about Marvelous Monday. Thank you so much for that. I appreciate it. My daughter, and yes, you're right, uh, we have a compact night uh, tonight, uh, news of the day so many things going on around this nation. But first, before I get into the show, Ms. Rihanna, I want to just remind everybody out there that COVID-19 still exists and to be sure that you are precautious and taking care of yourself, shelter in if you can. When you have to go out, don't forget, as you know, for those that live here in Texas, uh, we have been mandated by the governor uh, to wear masks. But just remember to wash your hands, Use that hand sanitizer and do wear that mask. Protect yourself and you can protect others as well, depending upon the type of mask that you wear as to the protection that you receive. But by all means, if we all wearing some type of face covering, we can protect. Because when we speak, like I'm speaking right now, we're speaking, uh, things come from our, our nasal area, comes from our mouth and all of that, and we're putting things into the air. Sometimes we don't know who's positive and who's not. Most of the time we don't uh, know. So uh, by all means, you can be asymptomatic and have COVID and not even know that, not even have a symptom. So we're asking you to be extremely precautious when you're out there and about. So let's start by seeing if our co-host is on tonight, uh, who is uh, Military as well, one of our male military cohorts. Uh, Mr. Arthur, are you there? I don't well, think Mr. Arthur's on quite yet. Arthur's not on yet? Quite okay. Well, we'll be coming on soon, I'm sure. 
And so uh, we'll get ready to get started. As we know, uh, I don't even know how to open this up and talk about it uh, because it's uh, it's a sad story. Uh, it's a really sad story. And so what we're going to be talking about tonight is that we're going to talk about military sexual trauma. Uh, we know that that does exist in the military, the great uh, armed forces that um, many of us served and served with valor and and served with honor. We were uh, proud and happy to serve uh, the United States uh, Armed Forces. But we know that there are some things that are taking place that that we don't like. And the one thing that I say, Ms. Rihanna, before we actually really get into the show, is that in every profession, I come from the medical profession, and I've seen some things within our profession that just doesn't add up and it doesn't speak well uh, to the profession. But in, in overall, everything good about the medical profession. I appreciate what the people do and those that are working out there uh, front row uh, right now, frontline workers that are helping to take care of those people who experience illnesses to include COVID-19. So there's a bad apple in every group, in every profession, but we want to weed out every bad person that represents, whether it's law enforcement, whether it's in the military, whether it's medical, education, wherever it is, uh, we want to wean out those people and uplift those folks who are doing a great job. So with that being said, uh, we have to mention the fact that some things that have gone on at Forsyth, Texas, for which I was able to serve there, and uh, we know that we lost a a soldier, uh, Sergeant, the late Sergeant uh, Vanessa Guillé, uh, who uh, actually was murdered, unfortunately, and sadly by one of our own. And uh, so let's talk about that tonight. Let, let me begin by uh, welcoming all of those military personnel that are out there listening right now. Uh, one of the others that I want to bring in uh, to have a dialogue with this conversation, we actually have a commander, and I don't know if he's on yet, uh, Colonel uh, Reggie uh, Barry. If you're on, let us know. Uh, unmute your phones and let us know if you're with us right now. Colonel Barry, are you there? Okay. Uh, I'll send that text message back out. Sometimes people are a little slow in, in getting on and not looking at the time and also to make sure that we're all on the same time frame of 8 o'clock Texas time. And so uh, so we'll send another notice to him. What about uh, Mr. Donnie Walker? Are you on with us, Mr. Donnie Walker? Okay. Uh, we'll send a message out to Ms. Rihanna. If you can send a text message out to uh, to those two persons for me uh, to let them know that we want to welcome them. I'm honored also to have, I believe, on with us right now. And Ms. Olga, if you're on, if you could uh, if you could press one, and I think your line was probably about open, so if you press one and come in and introduce yourself and say hello uh, to everybody, and then I, I'll go one by one for the ones that I know that are on. I'm not looking at the board, Ms. Rihanna, who is our engineer, is actually looking at the board. But Ms. Olga, are you there with us? Ms. Olga, if you press one. Mr. Arthur is on now too as well. Okay, okay, great. Ms. Olga? Okay. So Mr. Arthur, good evening. How are you? 
How y'all doing today? Yes, great. How you doing? We're we're making it, Mr. Arthur, as you know. Uh, oh, let's see. Good evening. This is kind of okay. Well, wonderful, Dr. Plummer. I know Dr. Leticia Plummer is on. Councilwoman uh, out of Houston, Texas. Come right in, ma'am. My sorority sister, are you there? Yes, I am. Hi. How are you? Good evening. Great. Thank you, Dr. Plummer, for being on with us tonight. We appreciate it. Absolutely. Yes, for the great work that you're doing over there in Houston, Texas. And I know that you guys are remaining as safe as you possibly can with that COVID-19 going on there. It seems like our cases are rising more and more in Texas. We've become the epic center now, have we not? Yes, we have, absolutely. Unfortunately, yes, we have. Yes. Introduce yourself and just tell us a little bit about you. Uh, She's one of our dentists there in the uh, Houston area, but just give us a little tidbit and then uh, we can begin the dialogue on the conversation. And and we want to encourage that anyone else that wants to join in in the conversation, please just press one. Oh, and I I just got a message from... uh, from uh, another one of our retirees, and uh, the colonel is on with us, and we're going to bring him in shortly. Why don't we just bring him in, and then we'll go to Dr. Leticia, and she can uh, introduce herself. But uh, Colonel Colonel Berry, Colonel Reggie Berry, are you there, sir? Yes, Dr. McKell, how are you doing? I'm great, sir. Thank you so much for taking your time out of your very busy schedule uh, to be with us tonight, we're going to hear. We're going to let uh, the lady go first and let her introduce herself, Dr. Leticia uh, Plummer, out of Houston, and then we're going to let ask the colonel to introduce himself. Go ahead, Dr. Oh, okay. Good evening, everyone. First of all, thank you so much for allowing me to be on this call. This is such an important conversation. Um, we are. We are. I'm a city council member for Houston and a large member, uh, and really have been. Um, leading the fight um, in terms of transparency with our local government, with our local um, policing government here in Houston, and so uh, it's. It, it, I'm glad I'm on this call. I know a lot of the conversations we'll have this evening will be um, geared to more military uh, situations, but um, I'm eager to hear what everyone has to say and whatever we can do on a municipal level, because um, we, we, you know, a lot of times we do see a mirror of of the same problems, and I want all of you to know that you know I'm a champion for changing this and making sure that our voices are heard um, as well. But um, I'm glad to be on this call, and I would love to just um, give my, the rest of my time to the colonel um, and let him uh, kind of explain who he is and, and introduce himself. Thank, thank you, thank you for that, uh, Doc. We really appreciate your being here and joining in with us because this is what it's going to take every single. Uh, elected official uh, throughout Texas and throughout this nation uh, to make that change. Uh, Colonel Reggie Berry, can you tell us exactly who you are and your affiliation uh, with uh, Fort Hood, Texas? And that's what we're talking about tonight, uh, the uh, the death of the Sergeant Vanessa, uh, who was actually murdered right there on uh, on that military installation. Go ahead, Colonel. Hi, uh, and uh... Just uh, saying, saying hello, hello to your listening audience. Uh, yeah, I'm I'm Reginald Barry. I I spent right at 29 years in the army. I attained the rank of colonel, and uh, one of my key jobs on several command positions, I uh, ended up commanding at Fort Knox, Kentucky. And one of the areas, then one of the, one of my responsibilities at Fort Knox, Kentucky, was was managing the 
the deserter returnee program that from the Midwestern United States all the way to the Pacific, meaning any soldier that went AWOL had been declared a deserter, if they wanted to come back, if they wanted to come back, and most of them came back when they got illnesses, uh, having babies, it would take them back on active duty, and we had to process them in and then process them out as a as a deserter. Uh, it's been a while since I've dealt, dealt with the military, but uh, but listening to what's happening at Fort Hood, it definitely concerns me. And uh, if I can answer any, uh, shed any light on, thanks, thanks. On, on, on that subject, uh, I'd be glad to do so. Right. Okay, well, I'm going to start out uh, with a question, and some of our people uh, may jump in and have some more questions. But the, the, the one thing that was troubling for me, uh, Colonel, is that I know that when you go into the arms room that that is a real secure place that you have to give everything but blood in order to get in there to, uh, to get your equipment out, whatever you are assigned you know, that need to come out of the arms room and letting everybody know what the arms room, what they know, it's just self-explanatory. You're going in there for your weapons and your arms and so forth. So what really was disturbing for me is that how the world that uh, that the cameras, I was told that the cameras were, were shut down, which I don't understand that. Why would you turn off the cameras in the arms room? Uh, but, but I guess my real question would be how in the world could um, – could a person not know or that a, someone who entered in the arms room was not legitimately supposed to be there? We were told that the girlfriend of the of the one soldier that killed himself uh, called called her in to the military installation to help to clean up blood, right? And then yes. let's talk about that a little. Bit. I mean, well, can you help us with that? Uh, I, I, I don't know where the arms room come in, uh, but the, each unit down to the company level has an arms room. And that arms room is, is the responsibility of probably a specialist for or maybe a private first class supervised mainly by the first sergeant uh, of that particular unit. And, it's, and, it is, and the key control is closely supervised now. Since I left, we didn't have – Technology was not there for us to keep a camera in our arms room, but now, uh, with the with, with the barracks and the and the building that the soldiers live in now, I would think that's probably part of the daily life where they have uh, constant surveillance over the arms room. Uh, as to bringing other people on the installation, uh, that's easy to do because. When I left the military, soldiers basically lived in barracks. It was beginning to transform into apartments and townhouses. Uh, but now, mostly every soldier lives by himself in their own one- to two-bedroom apartment uh, on these installations. Now, Fort Hood, out of my whole time, I never was stationed at Fort Hood. Uh, but any, on any military installation, the procedures are basically the same. Uh, you know, and, and how this young man... Uh, injured this young girl, understand from what I read today, it was by a hammer. You can get a hammer from anywhere. Correct. Uh, because no one, you, you don't inspect their rooms like we used to inspect maybe randomly once a week. Uh, but I don't know if that's happening again, but how this occurred is just beyond me. And why she was gone so long, uh, that's an issue that the command has got to address. Yes. And, 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 it, and it bothers the mind how even the command sergeant major of the 3rd Corps 
all the way down to the first sergeant of that company had allowed the young lady to be gone so long. But but prior to that, when she disappeared, uh, after two two to three days, she declared AWOL. She declared AWOL. And then you start looking. But when you start finding, like they found in her room, her car keys and everything was in place, that that draws more attention. And, exactly. that, and then uh, when it looks at that, then the, the criminal investigation division of Fort Hood probably got involved. Right. And then when it started looking like uh, foul play was was may have resulted, I'm sure that they brought the FBI into it. But uh, but for that soldier to be gone that long, okay. I'm sure that the corps commander, the division commander, the chief of staff, all the way down to that company commander and the first sergeant were looking for this young lady every day. Exactly. Well, it wasn't so much as I know that people can get on onto installations. I guess what I was really talking about was how she was able to just get into the arms room, uh, but then they told us that, the cameras were shut down for some reason. I don't understand that reason. Yeah. Uh, and then she came in. At, she was in civilian clothes, even, you know, even though, yes, we are on, on our installation sometimes in civilian clothes. But I guess I was just really troubled that this lady was able to just walk into the arms room and not being uh, not being a soldier. Yeah. I'm, I'm just, yep. Let me just go ahead. Go ahead, Colonel. Well, if, if someone just walked into an arms room, you had – that was very lack security, and that you know, and that's and that's reason to really look at the procedures within that company uh, to see what their their procedures are. Because every night before you go to bed, most military installations have to send in a report that all arms and sensitive items are accounted for, and that's a daily event. And you know, we we did it when I was in the military, and I've been out over 15 years. But sensitive item is is a is an accountability every day before you close down your daily business. Absolutely. Uh, let me jump in for a second. For for those of you that are not speaking, if you can mute your lines because I can hear the walking in the background noise so that you get a good clean pipe a podcast and so tomorrow if you want to go back and listen to the show you'll be able to listen to it without having the uh, the background noise. Uh, I'm going to bring the, uh, Mr. Arthur, who is also uh, military. Uh, Mr. Arthur, you can come in and share your experience with uh, with arms and everything. I know that that, like I said, we had to almost give blood to go into the arms room in order to get the things out that we needed. And and as the colonel says, every single day uh, the report had to be given. And, and it's not like in our arms room in all the installations where I was, it was not like it was just one person there. I mean, yeah, the, the, the top charge was there, things, but it was more than, it was several people that were always there issuing out uh, things. Mr. Arthur, your comments, please, sir? Well, 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 well I want to just uh, 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 thank you and uh, the colonel, you know, for your service as far as the Army. I was Air Force, so, we, so I didn't go to the arms room. I went to the Two room because I was aircraft mechanic. So, uh, but so so I don't know really that much about the arms room, but uh, the, but evidently something was wrong with this young man. Evidently, uh, you know, he wanted to actually kill himself at you know at the end. So, uh, you know, uh, you know, I, I mean, I really haven't heard anything as far as and and if anybody know anything, could you tell us about something about him? Is like, I mean, you know, 
I mean, where is he from? Uh, have anybody heard anything about him? The young man. I would bring this. Uh, Mr. Danny Walker is uh, is on the line. He has done a lot of investigation on this gentleman. As a matter of fact, it's really interesting that that Mr. Danny Walker is an investigative reporter, and so he he came up with a lot of information that has turned out to be just exactly the way things have turned out. Uh, before she actually was found, and uh, and then he was able to, uh, they had a memorial this uh, past weekend over there in Houston on her behalf, uh, because I believe that's that's her home where she came from. So uh, no, no, I don't. You know what? And I, for someone, and, and as a medical person, for someone to actually uh, take a hammer and take a life of a person. Uh, that's inhumane, and and somebody that you've worked with, somebody that you know, uh, that's that's cruel and inhumane. And so, uh, no, I don't need to know too much more. But at any rate, mm-hmm. um, go go ahead, uh, Mr. Arthur. If you had anything else in regards to that, if not, that I'm going to uh, ask a, a few of the ladies that are on the line tonight to to come in, and because what what we see, what went on here is a military sexual trauma. And so we did a show about five or six years ago uh, talking to a lot of women in the military who have experienced uh, military sexual trauma and and been shoved under the rug. As a matter of fact, uh, I had – go ahead. Well, I think the only thing I mentioned because, you know, as president of NAACP, uh, you know, we had five officers up here got shot and killed. Uh, by a young man. That turns out he was a veteran. Now he was a veteran. He was a mentally disturbed veteran. He he had issues when he was in the military. They discharged him because of his mental issues, and they never really honed in and gave him the mental services that he needed when he was in there. So so when I mentioned about this young man, you know what the deal is on him. I mean, I like to know whether or not uh, were there any caters before all this happened. Did the military know that he was uh you know uh maybe psychotic or something? So, so I'm just saying, uh, you know, that's the reason I'm asking that. Uh, not that, not that you know, uh, you know, it was wrong what he did. So I'm not saying it, but I'm just saying a lot of times, uh, you know, these people have mental issues that the military just won't recognize, especially if you're black. Okay. Well, we maybe we'll ask uh, Miss Rihanna if she would uh, do a little bit of research and see what she can find out on him. Obviously. Uh, without my even knowing anything about his background and knowing what happened presently and right here, that we know that that is not a product of clear thinking. Uh, so there had to be some really serious issues going on because we understand that not only did he blurger her to death with the hammer, and then uh, then he asked uh, the lady to come and help to clean the blood in the arms room, and then after that uh, they tried to body, couldn't. So they cut it up in pieces and tried to bury it in various shallow graves uh, around out there in the area. So, uh, so that that would tell you that there's something seriously uh, going wrong with uh, with this individual. Uh, I'm going to call. I'm going to ask Miss Cynthia. Miss Cynthia, if you're on, if you're on with us right now, if you'll press one. And uh, unmute your phone and come in if you'd like to join in the conversation. Uh, women um, have reported these things happening, and like 
Mr. Arthur says, but nothing has ever transpired. And I was about to share with you that when I was in the military, I actually was the uh, EOC officer, uh, the sexual harassment officer, the consideration of others officer. And when cases would come before me, one of the questions that, that I would ask is, you mean, quote, unquote, you mean you're going to ruin uh, this military man's uh, career? And I said, yes. Uh, he's ruined a lot of other women's careers. And so uh, he ruined his career. I didn't. Uh, because when he took up on himself to sexually assault, rape, and abuse women, then he did it to himself, uh, not me. And we just carried out the law. But many of them were relocated and sent to other areas. Miss Cynthia, if you'd like to be a part of the conversation, uh, if you press 1 and open up. And uh, we'd like to have you join in with us. Miss Cynthia, I just got a notice from her that, are you there, ma'am? Hi, can you hear me? Yes, I can hear you. Thank you. Welcome to Marvelous Monday. We're so delighted to have you on with us tonight, ma'am. Share with us what it is that you want us to know. Uh, My name is Cynthia Mraz, and I'm a United States Marine Corps veteran. I've been out of the service. for about almost five years now, and I'm just shocked, completely shocked of how everything went down for this girl that I consider my sister, not because she was related to me, but because I know how her family feels. I know how she feels. I know how my other sisters in arms that have been through the same thing have experienced something like this and we say something and nothing happens or it get it gets brushed under the rug or they retaliate against people that say something and it's not just women in the military it's also happening to men so as a as a sister as a daughter as as a wife, um, it just breaks my heart. It breaks my heart for for her family. My 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 mother is of Mexican descent, and I mean, we just sit together and we watch how this family, how Vanessa is giving up her life, signed up for her for what she wanted to do, and and it's taking so long for this family to get any kind of corrective action that should be followed through. Yeah. And it just, I, I mean, it's just unbelievable. I can't believe that something like this can happen to one of our own in American soil. It's, yeah. uh, Dr. McKellar, if I could say something else along those lines. Yes, sir. Uh, with, after this after the remains have been identified, this young lady, I, I, I'm almost certain that every command at Fort Hood is going through through additional training, sensitivity training, yeah. anything dealing pertaining to this. There, I mean, uh, the, the 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 headache is how did how did we let this young man get through undetected? You know, right. somewhere somehow he may have 
something he has done in the past has, has given someone some idea that he had some tendencies to do something bad. And, uh, and that that's probably, a, there's a lot going on at Fort Hood about this right now. So uh, yeah. just to make the listening audience and especially the family feeling bad, the Army is not overlooking this. The Army will go, they will get into detail as to how to correct this situation into the future, not just the Army, but all, all the services. Oh, that's right. Good, good that's evening, right. Dr. McKellar. This is Major Barry, or yes. um, Vice Chair Barry, or just Chair yes. Barry from Houston County. Um, the thing that, that bothers me is, of course, now that this has come to um, fruition, the light is on it. But I remember two years ago when it was the platform of most of the female candidates that women in the military across DOD were being sexually harassed and it was being swept under the rug. But knowing that, as female soldiers, um, we have to continually understand we are our own best defense. So, and we, you know, like, like the young lady said before, that we report these things and it gets swept on the rug. So that's why it's always good when you report this, you're going to take somebody with you as a matter of record. So when it gets swept under the rug and you keep, you know, 72 hours a week or whatever, and you keep reporting it, then I want to I come back the second time and want um, a follow-up, take somebody with you because then it will become your word against their word. And this issue with Bill Cosby is a prime example. Everybody went one-on-one. Did it happen? Did it not happen? There was nobody to witness this. And uh, my condolences to the family. And I I absolutely, now that this has come to fruition, yeah, everybody is looking at making sure it doesn't happen again when it should not have happened in the first place. Very good. Thank you, ma'am. I, I appreciate that. But let me just share this with the colonel and everyone, and I, and then we'll bring in the next person. But I can tell you, I remember reading an article long ago. Uh, I was stationed at Hood. and But this article, I believe, was probably two, three years ago uh, that it was reported that there was a prostitution ring there at Hood. And there's been a lot, as the colonel says, there's been a lot of things that's gone on at Fort Hood. We all know that Fort Hood is a major, major installation. It's the largest one in the free world, and I believe it's the largest one in the world, period. Uh, but it is, it's a country within itself. Uh, I, I have mentioned that sometimes when you're thrown out there, uh, and and you got to find your way back in. Of course, they always we're always out there with more than uh, one person. But you really got to know that that installation in order to find your way around it because it is so large. Has anybody else heard that there was a prostitution ring inside of Fort Hood? Yeah, I heard it. <laughs> yeah. So. Uh, there's a lot of attention, a lot of things that needs to happen, uh, and we have to ring that bell. We cannot stop uh, until, uh, as Miss Cynthia says, th- this is our sister in arms, and so we should all be taking this personal, and then we thank uh, Dr. Plummer because she's not military, but she is ready to make certain that things, uh, that this never, ever happens to anyone ever again. Uh, in anywhere, in any installation. As I said, I have firsthand knowledge of how uh, some men are being moved from one 
installation to another installation uh, to keep from ruining, quote, unquote, ruining uh, their careers. Uh, come Shirley. Early. Yeah, yeah, go right here. here. Is, is that Miss Joyce? Oh, yeah. I'm Colonel, Lieutenant Colonel Joyce Carter. Come right in, ma'am. How are you doing? Fine. I just want to uh, know if you guys had already discussed the uh, SHARP program. The SHARP program is a program that came out for sexual harassment after we had all the problems during 2003 and four. And this, no, is the why, this is the reason why they are investigating why this program did not work at Fort Hood. Okay, because there was this program... It, it, remember we used to have the, the POS, Prevention of Sexual Harassment, and then we changed it to SHARP. Right. And SHARP was supposed to have more teeth in it, particularly uh, what happened during the um, ladies that we were taking care of in Germany. They came up with SHARP. And so SHARP is supposed to be the program that is implemented uh, Army-wide. And during your evaluations, both officers and enlisted are supposed to have uh, some discussion about SHARP in their evaluations. Mm-hmm. Hey. So Very, what happened to this that. young man, I don't know. <laughs> and what happened to this young lady, that she was fearful of reporting anything, we don't know either. Uh, but well, we was do a- know how young Youngsters get intimidated by rank. Right. And we also know that if you make the wrong move, or know this, the people who are in higher ranks can destroy your career. So that was the purpose of SHARP, was that it was supposed to take away a lot of this uh, problem of women reporting their uh, sexual harassment and sexual assaults. But something at Fort Hood did not work. Correct. Well, I understand. So that's the investigation that I am looking forward to uh, finding out is what happened to Sharp. Okay. And what happened to why this this sergeant and his under uh, person uh, were lost in the loop. Mm -hmm. Councilmember McCullough, McCullough, can I make a comment? By all means. Okay, I, I really wanted to um, to piggyback on what Lieutenant General just said. Um, I am listening to the conversation, and, and you're right. I'm not I'm not I'm in the armed services, and I just thank you all for your service and all that you've done to protect our country. Um, but I'm hearing so many similarities of what's happening um, on the federal side, from the military side, um, versus what's happening on the local police side. Um, from reporting to having proof of a problem, to to lack of policy, the lack of the lack of disciplinary actions, um, I see similarities between what happened to Sandra Bland and what happened to Vanessa Gillian from a perspective of cameras weren't working. Um, clearly, there was trauma that was created um, on both sides that maybe led to some mental health concerns that was then lost. You know, there are just so many similarities um, between, between the two of them. And uh, we really have to ask more questions and create some type of protections. And I believe the only way that that's possible is if some kind of way on, on the federal government side 
if we could have some type of independent um, audits that are done when, when people are talking about or complaining or reporting any type of military sexual trauma. Um, the fact that um, the fact that military sexual trauma isn't really treated as such unless you see some, you know, see some influences of, you know, mental disorders or PTSD or depression or, or physical, you know, physical wounds, the fact that it has to get that far for it to be recognized as a disability or recognized as a problem, I believe in itself is an issue. Um, if someone makes a complaint or concern, it needs to be treated as such and it needs to be respected in that way. By the time someone is physically hurt, it could be a death. It could be what happened to, you know, to, um, to Vanessa. So I believe that we need to really look deeper into mental health concerns and treat it actually, you know, treat it with a, as a problem um, and then really put some things in place. How does reporting happen? What does that proof look like? Um, you know, where are policies, federal government policies, and on my side, municipal, local level policies? And then what do disciplinary actions look like? You mentioned the fact that some of these officers are moved around to different bases. That's the same thing that's happened to police here locally. If they yes. get, if they have a disability action taken to them, they just move to another another police um, police force in a different city, and that yes. and, and all of their foot files and everything are kind of secured and protected because we don't have a national base. You know what I'm saying? And so I'm just listening and learning so much of all of you, but there's so many similarities here, and I believe there's work that we can do. I can work with you. Um, you know, y'all are working more on a military level, and I can really um, learn from you, and maybe we can collaborate in terms of changes we can make locally. But the, the whole overall picture, there's a real problem that we need to deal with. But in every, clinic, in every clinic and every hospital, there is a MST trained counselor, officer, and enlisted people that people can go to when they have those issues in the military. And, I, and what I see happening is the coordination of all of this is not happening like it's supposed to. Because if this young lady felt threatened, she should have been able to go to the MST officer and discuss mm -hmm. this. That should have happened. It didn't. Right. So but wait, I guess so I'm sorry. Why did it fail her? Right. But what, I guess what I'm, my question is, and correct me, please, I'm, I'm learning all of this, so correct me if I'm wrong, but if she did make a report of it, um, it's not consistent. She couldn't leave. She couldn't file a disability because it isn't recognized as a disability. Unless well, here's, some uh, here's other, actually, can I get it, 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 Let me tell you how it's recognized. It is recognized as M. S. T. with PTSD, and then let and, me they, just and they have a thirty percent level, a forty percent level, a seventy percent level, and a seventy percent level, and each mm -hmm. level of MST plus PTSD go together. But here's what they're doing. Here's what they're doing in the military. They don't really want it to be noted as MST, and the colonel is correct. We have we have these things in place. And but they're not functioning the way that they should. And many of these ladies that applied, uh, they have on their records PTSD. They really don't even want to put and usually do not put MST on there, which is actually what it is. Anyways, they'll pay them the money, uh, but but they don't they don't really put MST on there. 
it's it's PTSD, PTSD, which they should both go together because uh, military sexual trauma causes you to have PTSD, obviously. And then as far as Miss Vanessa was concerned, Sergeant Vanessa, she was scheduled to file that report the next morning is what uh, one of the articles said. And so so this uh, sergeant found out that she was going to be filing the next morning, and that's when he decided to take her life. So, okay, go ahead. So it, what should happen to an orientation to me is that the SHARP program should say, if you feel uncomfortable on the first go-round, you report it immediately. I don't haven't read the SHARP program. I've asked a couple of my sergeants who are still on duty to tell me actually what it says, but some things in that in that in that program need to be uh, changed, but then we also mm-hmm. got a culture of in the military and civilian wise of sexism. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you just get you just get so uh, frustrated with the things that are that's going on as far as you walk out on the street and 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 you are 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 uh, uh, sexually harassed. Mm-hmm. So that's something that is not just in the military, it's everyday life. Like she was talking about how federal uh, uh, programs have the same issues. Okay. So let me, let me ask you all a question. Do you believe that if MST was, the moment that that was um, uh, reported, just, just, just military sexual trauma, okay? Not any of the, not any of, nothing that comes from it, not the PSD, not the depression, um, none of that stuff, right? If just MST would be coded as a disability, do you believe that? It's not going to probably be coded as a disability. I doubt it. Okay. But would it, my question would be, would, would it change? Do you think it would make it better if it was or no? I'm just asking the question. What you're asking is that if it was coded as a disability uh, rather than a diagnosis, would it make a difference? It was that, is that the question? Right, because right now it's not coded disability. So you have to wait to okay. for PTSD and all the other issues to show up, right? And then they code, like you said, then they code it as PTSD or, or, or depression or whatever the other issues are. But my, my question is if it was just coded as a disability where they could leave, if they felt to, just so they could feel safe, would that be would that help the situation, or you think no? No, to code a disability takes years and years and years. Okay. Uh, the research that was recently done on ad- adding stuff to Agent Orange, which Agent Orange was all the way back in Vietnam, that's, that's right. the way the disability thing works with the VA. It takes years and years of uh, so-called gotcha. research and all kinds of different. Uh, Studies to go on, and right, uh, and that whole crazy process for it to be listed as a uh, disability. So I don't think that would help right now. I think the thing that I would like to see is what's on their evaluations. What's mm-hmm. on who signed the documents? If I'm a supervisor, and and Shirley can tell you this, we always responsible for signing a certain number of documents uh, concerning our enlisted people, right? That's right. Mm-hmm. The SHARP program, that means Sexual Harassment Assault Response Prevention. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm pulling it up and reading because I'm, I'm glad that Colonel reminded me because I had kind of put that 
aside. Um, but she's right. It takes forever and ever and ever. Some of these things that these ladies who experienced this way back in their careers, 60s right. and 70s and, and 80s are just now uh, getting a little bit of pay for it, uh, for the trauma that they have experienced all of these years. We have we have several uh, peer uh, pers- personnel who works with them in the groups uh, and so forth to kind of help uh, ease the pain and discomfort that many of these ladies still uh, experience uh, in their day-to-day lives. It, it just takes a long time for that wheel uh, to revolve. And my evolve. question is, uh, who was uh, his supervisor? What lieutenant was supervising him? Yeah. Okay. Now, uh, an armory, when there is a problem where the bullets and the weapons are, alarms go off. See? <laughs> Remember, exactly. Shirley, at our unit? <laughs> I do. The alarms would go off. You could hear them all and over the and that is why I said to the colonel, I don't, I just can't see how a civilian was able to just stroll into that armor, and and and. But we were told the cameras were cut off for some. I I don't know if this if this sergeant was able to disarm the the uh, cameras. I don't know, but I was down below. Uh, ladies and gents, I'm going to bring in uh, one of our local uh, lady veterans here in Tyler, Texas. Uh, Ms. Hamilton, if you would come in and, and introduce yourself, say hello, and uh, make your comments, please, ma'am. Press 1 on your phone, and you should be in the queue. Ms. LaRonda? Okay. We'll continue with the conversation, and maybe she'll jump in uh, shortly. All you have to do is press 1. Uh, Ms. LaRonda, and you will actually be in the queue and we can hear you speaking. You have to unmute your phone as well. But let's go back to uh, to the fact of uh, the alarm system and what actors, anything that's going, because this this is an area where lives can be lost, that, that you're always going to have people in that area that's going to be overseeing all of the ammo and all of our equipment that takes lives. Colonel, comments. Uh, Ms. Cynthia, comments. Uh, Ms. Barry, comments. Uh, the Colonel, comments. Well, I know for a fact that uh, the, that, that area is, 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 is one of the most guarded areas of anything because every bullet is supposed to be accounted for, every weapon is supposed to be accounted for. So not only was the alarm supposed to be on, but somebody should have been there, like you said, Shirley. Other than him, he wasn't on duty, right? Well, I, I'm not duty? Well, well, what it sounds like is this individual was a trusted agent in that unit. And he had full access to that, to the arm room. And when you have that, you have the clearances and you probably have control of the keys. So he must have been the unit armorer that was responsible for the, for that. that. That's what I got from the article, that he was in charge of the arms room. Mm-hmm. You're right, Colonel. But even in charge of the arms room, there's always supposed to be a 24, 
seven guard. Oh, I agree with that. That's why. So, I, that's why. Who was working with him? That's why I'm poking. Who was working with him? I don't know. This is that's the strangest thing that I've ever heard of. It, it is because I because mean, who's going to take a, a hammer to someone and not be yelling to the? I mean, you know, it's not like she was going quiet, right? I wouldn't think. Okay, now the, my next question is, and I'm not a uh, CSI or whatever it is, but uh, if I was the Army, the first thing I would have been looking for was what? Blood. Exactly. Uh, Ms. Hamilton, if you're there and you want to jump in on the conversation, I know you have another call you need to jump off at 9. So come right in, ma'am. We'd love to hear from you. You have to unmute your line. Yes, I mean it has to. That that's the point that I'm making. That I I just cannot fathom how uh, all of this took place and nobody heard anything. But I'm I'm just I'm puzzled. Miss Lavanda, are you there? So I guess then my question would be, where do we go from here? Our city councilwoman out of Houston has proposed some things that she wants to help with this. There are petitions that's going around that we want to get up to the Fed, to Washington, D.C., uh, because we need to ring this bell throughout the United States. Everybody everybody needs to be a part of this. This could happen uh, to anyone, anyone of and not only women are abused, sexually abused. There are some men who experience a sexual assault in the military as well. So we cannot sit idle and allow this to continue, especially. I'm sorry. Well, say again. Uh, Doctor Michelle, if I could, uh, if I could add yes, a few sir. more comments. This is a very. Uh, yes, sir. When. Uh, you don't know if a person has gone missing until daily units have formation. Right. And if a person doesn't show up at that formation, the first question is, okay, where are they? And then you go, then you start searching the room. And then if you, once you go look at look, look in the room and find everything intact, they may have just stayed out all night. So you just make a note. And you just you continue to look for it, but when they're gone over a period of 24 hours, yeah. the unit's going to start listing that person as a wall. That's right. And and then then uh, after that, you you start telling the the uh, the uh, CID and the military police to start putting a uh, what we call an all points bulletin out for that person. Uh, uh, unless I have a quick question: Was this man in her chain of command? Because he could have yeah. been alibying, yeah. like, you know, she's on leave, and then all of a sudden she uh, went away. So was yeah. he in her chain of command? Or were they in the same mm-hmm. unit? Dr. McKellar, may I jump in here, please, ma'am? By all means. Yes, sir. I've been looking for you. How are you? Jump in there. Thank you. Good afternoon. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. How are you doing? My name is Donnie Walker, United States Army Veteran, Disabled Retired. Um, 
This, um, some great questions just came up that I can hopefully supply some answers to because this is this is really bothering me. Okay, this is a sister. This is my sister. Our sister in arms. Okay, yeah. and um, I, I can't. We can't let this happen on our watch. Okay. They were reporting this lady as being president, a PFC Gillen as being president and accounted for, and she wasn't. Okay. Okay. Oh. That's it. She, nor- uh, she normally comes that's home. That's a problem. That absolutely was a chain of command. Yeah, absolutely. The sar- and now they're trying to walk this back and because the sergeant, her section sergeant, was reporting her president accounted for. Now that today they held a press conference and it's come out that he lied. Okay? See? The family that's made a call. Yeah. out 57 days. Right. The family made a phone call over to the post when she didn't come home. Okay. Where's my daughter? Where's my daughter? The family was blowed off. They were blowed off. And not until they went on social media, because I've been doing a lot of research on this, ladies and gentlemen. They went on social media, and they started to tear that it came out that she was missing. She had been missing since the 23rd of April, okay? Now, I've served this country Practically all over the world. And most of my arms rooms, that I, if I can remember, there was a camera outside and one inside, but there were codes as well. And you had to be on the access roster to get in there. That's right. This murder took place in broad daylight, and Ford Hood is saying that the cameras were off that day. Now, if those cameras were off that day, it's got to be logged why those cameras were off. How long they were off for, when they came back on, and who fixed them. Now, and also, if you're staff duty NCO, which I had to pull that many times, you got to make checks every every one or two hours to all your posts. I had to get up and go make checks. I had to make I had to make physical checks. So what happened? How did they get that body out of that arms room in broad daylight? That's what I'm talking about. Who helped clean up that? There are too many questions, and there's there's more holes in this case than Swiss cheese. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. I agree. Please forgive me. I have a young daughter. She will not join this military. And I'm sorry. This has been very painful. Yeah. Dr. McKellar knows me. I, I covered the Sandra Bland case in 2015. This is, yes, ma'am, someone said it. It's right up that alley. Because Sandra Bland did not hang herself in Waller County Jail, ladies and gentlemen. Exactly. Exactly. Her fingerprints are not on the instrument of death, so please, let's quit playing games with people's lives. Exactly. We proved that in 2015. That family was lied to, just like the Dillon family is being lied to. Mm-hmm. And this does not rest well with my soul. Now let's stop this. Let's stop this who's on first, who's on second, and who's on third. I am a non-commissioned officer, and no one is more professional than I. I'm a member of the Time Honor Corps, which is known as the backbone of the Army. Mm-hmm. One of my first commitments is to my soldiers. They're like my family. Mm-hmm. 
That young lady had she had a career ahead of her. We don't know what she could have went on to do. Right. Yeah. The family stated that she'd been going to going to the military since she was ten years of age. And I don't care if the killer was black with purple hair and a green behind from Mars. Who did not deserve this? And not on our watch. We got to stop this. I'm not familiar with your Sharps program. I got out of the military a little bit early. But the program failed at Fort Hood because in 2015, they caught an E-7 down there trying to pimp the women in the Sharps program. Mm. <laughs> yes, he, yes, it's out there. Yeah, I, I mentioned there was a prostitution ring, supposedly. Absolutely. So, so I guess then my question to everybody on the line, all of the military personnel that we have everywhere listening to us tonight, what do we do from here? Where do we go with this? How do we make this change? Uh, Dr. Plummer has already outlined to us that that she's ready to, to work with us in getting all of our elected officials involved in this because this cannot continue to happen because I have great respect for the military, but that's not, that's, that's not what we all serve. We, we, serve, we serve the military place where we should be safe. We should be serving people, not hurting one another, not hurting the people that we sit next to day in and day. That's to me. That's like keep the fire. That's not friendly. Soldiers don't do this with soldiers. Soldiers, this does not happen. You're absolutely right, Doctor McKellar. Please forgive me. I am upset. I am crushed. I am heartbroken tonight. I am heartbroken. This is not the army that I serve. Colonel Barry, where do you see that we go? What direction do you see that we can go from here? As I mentioned, there are petitions that are going around uh, in East and there are probably some more in other parts of the country. Uh, but many of these are women who actually are not prior to They never served military. But they experience uh, uh, sexual trauma in the civilian world. And then some of them didn't experience it at all, that they don't want to see these kinds of things happen. Your thoughts, well, sir? Well, just, you know, no one wants to see this kind of thing happen. It's just that, uh, I don't know, some, some things are going to slip through the crack. But what the military is going to, and I'm sure that the military, they, they've already put in place, they're coming up with programs that's, are going to help identify people with problems, and and, and if they don't do that, then they're they're derelict in their duties. They'll probably yeah. come up with training programs where you have to have a monthly, a weekly, monthly, or quarterly training session dedicated to situations like this, and that will be integrated into a long-range training program. So, and it has to be continuous because soldiers move out and join the units every week or every month. So it's, it's going to have to be a continuous training program, and, and I'm sure that that's what's what's going to be going on now. And and, and death, the, the uh, psychologists will be very busy on Fort Hood uh, giving briefings as to how to deal with these type of situations. 
Right. Uh, uh, let me just do, jump in here for a second. Uh, Ms. LaRonda is trying to get in. I'm not sure what's going on with her. Ma'am, if you can make sure your phone is unmuted, and if you press 1, you will actually be in the queue, and then you can start talking. I don't even know if you have to press 1 to make sure that your phone is mute. She's trying to get in on uh, conversation. She's here locally in Taipei. Ma'am, can you make sure that your your phone is unmuted and then press one? So, Ms. LaRonda, can you hear us? Okay, I'm not sure what's what's happening with her phone. Ms. Cynthia, any I, I don't comments? Know what, I don't know what you've outlined so far, but... One of the things that we need to do as a group, we need to, number one, contact her family and let her know that we as a group of concerned uh, Texas soldiers and civilians want to um, uh, begin to help, you know, with this process of finding out what went on and, and try to improve things. So we need something that we write to the family and showing them that we want to take some action and if you already got some things lined out, then we need to tell them that these are some of the things we're proposing. And right. um, so that was going to be one of the things I would like for us to put first on the agenda is to contact her family. And then I would also like for that same letter to go to the two-star at Fort Hood. Correct. To let him well, know that we, uh, uh, especially because, you know, the majority of my training was uh, – at Fort Hood, yeah, <laughs> either in the hospital or out in the field. And, and we, as people have yeah. been there before, and that Fort Hood is where they had planned the gang rape on me. Right. And yeah. I don't know whether anybody, uh, I haven't uh, read my Facebook or not, but uh, these group of soldiers from uh, Virginia and uh, North Carolina had decided that I needed to be taken down a couple of knocks because of my rank. Right. And so that that was their plan, but it didn't work out. And, Thank and you the for kinds that. of things that go on in the military, you know, go same thing go on in civilian wise. Exactly. Uh, culture of sexism. Uh, that that is. <laughs> how do we even try to? I don't even know how we try to even approach that. Uh, well. Let me just jump in there for just a hot second. We we did. There's been a reach out to that family, and that's an excellent uh, suggestion, of course, obviously, to reach out to the two-star uh, there as well, send a copy of that letter. Uh, that the, the petition is going around. I can share that, uh, that petition uh, with everybody uh, if I can get – well, once, once we're off, we can get phone numbers because your phone numbers will show up on, online on our board so we can get some information out to you and share that uh, that one that's going around right now. Um, Ms. Uh, Councilwoman, do you have any, have any comments? And then we're going to bring Ms. Cynthia in to uh, give her suggestions of, of whatever she feels that, what direction that we could go into. But do you have any, any, more, any more suggestions? I think you kind of laid out pretty much what everybody is saying. That uh, that we can submit, uh, whether it's uh, letters to, because this is a, absolutely a federal issue, but it has to it can be taken care of on all local state uh, levels as well, and, and and get it up to uh, the tip top. 
because it's going to take all of us working together. Councilwoman, comment? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And I think those are great ideas. Um, what I would maybe also add to that list would be um, to engage our federal leaders, our congresswomen, yeah. congresswomen, and congressmen, and, and really let them know um, what's going on and um, just, you know, write letters and ask them, are they, you know, who, who is going to ultimately write some legislation um, to create some different policies that protect to protect anyone that's dealing with this. So maybe uh, take it a step higher on the congressional level. Um, that I would I would kind of I would add that to the list. Yes. Okay. And Absolutely. Because I know in Texas I know that for um, you know in in Texas we've got a lot of our state reps that are jumping on opening audits you know and creating some some Texas legislation on audits. Um, right in the police department, and so I think that we could maybe you know mimic something like that if we can get enough of the Congress, uh, our Congress um, men and women to uh, to get on board. That may Very be an good. option as well. And because you're exactly correct, this, this mirrors just exactly what is going on in our country, in the civilian world, in law enforcement, and all of those things. It's very uh, interesting that all of this is going on at the same identical time. We know what, I mean, it's, oh my goodness, it looks like that we have pandemics in every direction of this country, from economic to health care uh, to mm-hmm. uh, covid I mean, it's just everywhere uh, there's a pandemic because this certainly is a pandemic. And as uh, uh, Colonel Carter says, I mean, th- we have programs in place, and so they're not they're not being implemented. They're falling along the way, and it's only because enough of us are not ringing these bells. Uh, because, like I said, I can reflect back on being the uh, officer that heard all of these things that were brought. Colonel Carter was, we, we shared the same unit for a while. And so uh, so we both know that these things have been going on for a long time and people have been complaining and, and then still we have people being moved around everywhere. Mm-hmm. Ms. Cynthia, mm-hmm. comments from you, Ms. Cynthia? Yes, I, uh, I think that what we should just do, what, what the family has been asking since the beginning, since they brought all of the media involved, since they got their lawyer, give them what they want. They want justice for for her daughter. What happened to her? They want uh, the DOD to conduct an independent investigation for her, and they want the people that all the people that were involved in this held accountable. And I, I everybody from that knew how this guy was able to carry her out to the person that reported her being and she wasn't. I mean, they, they just need to tell the family the truth. Yes. Yes. Justice for Vanessa. Yes. Okay. Comments, anybody? I mean, like, like Mr. Danny Walker says, uh, this young lady had planned, she wanted to be in the mil- military. She talked about this at age 10. She was only 20 years of age. She'd only been there for two years. I mean, can you imagine the promising career that was in front of her, that was just snatched away from her uh, because of whatever reason uh, that this guy had of taking her life? Uh, and obviously, it looks like that he was trying to uh, secure and protect his own uh, selfish career. 
by taking the life of, of someone else. Yeah, this uh, situation has really hit me hard because my great niece uh, just joined the Navy. She just finished high school and she's joined the Navy. My granddaughter is in Navy ROTC and she's graduating next year and she won a Navy career. And so that I have been talking to them and talking to them uh, about this situation that we have because uh, uh, as long as I've been in the military, you're going to always find the cracks. That's but right. the cracks in this situation with sexual assault, uh, the worst I've ever seen before now was a young lady at Fort Sam that was in our unit that we had to send to surgery because she was yeah. gang break. And her, yeah. her body was totally destroyed for her not having children in the future. And as officers, we were all involved in trying to support this enlisted lady yes. against our first sergeant. Yes. Now, now, take that as uh, what's some stuff that we've been through in our yes. unit. So uh, I'm, I'm very concerned, and I hope that we can, as a group, can help the family and, and, and then also, uh, like you say, find out and get justice for this particular lady because losing your life is, is uh is crazy. It's a crazy thing yeah. over something like this. Yeah. And I understand that from reading the articles thank you, Colonel, from reading the articles that uh, there there was a an extramarital affair going on between this sergeant and uh, the woman that he called in, the civilian woman that he called in to help to clean uh clean up the blood and this uh get rid of the, the young woman's body. Uh, and so, and I understand now she's been arrested. But, uh-huh. yeah. So, comments, anyone? Mr. Danny Walker, any comments from you? Uh, anybody? Yes, Everybody. ma'am. Yes, ma'am. Yes, um, I heard a lady something about um, something that happened to her. I'd like to talk with her. It's possible after this, I'll possibly get on my morning show. Um, and I, someone just made a comment about contacting the family. That would be greatly appreciated. That would be that would be tremendously appreciated. You know, once you put that uniform on, I, I'm so sick of hearing color. And uh, once you put on this uniform, and, and I, even before I put this uniform on, I I, I stay away from color. You know, we, we're all created by the same creator. You know, and and all of this has started. This is crazy. This has got to stop. And I, I would love to reach out to this family, seriously. Um, and I, you know, I had heard about things at Fort Hood long before I, I, I came. I was in the military back in the eighties, and I had heard about a lot of things that happened at Fort Hood back in the late eighties, early nineties, and it's come to pass. Yeah. It's coming to pass. It's, it's not. It's not healthy. It's not healthy. It's not healthy. It's a very okay. scary environment. As it, a parent, it, 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 it's very. The, the military installation is supposed to be one of the safest places in the world. That's right. This happened right in broad daylight. Well, really? the, the, the per- go ahead, 
Colonel. This, this is good. This is Barry again. I just wanted to make yes. a couple of comments. Uh, yes, a lot of great discussion, but I just want, you know, from from my position, from from a, from an O six level command, you know, what I would what what would be going on is that you've got several investigations that would be going on uh, at this time now. The family will be taken care of, and the unit. This is a chain of command issue now. And it is in the hand of the chain of command, and I'm sure that this corps commander is on something, and this division commander on Fort Hood is asking for responses every day. Uh, there has probably been someone appointed to take care of that family, like what we call the survivor's assistance person. This family will not be ignored in this. And the, the chain of command is probably running a 15-6 investigation or some other investigation. The inspector general is probably working it. The sure. military chaplains on full hood. You, let me tell you, you've got a force working this issue. That's going to bring this sure. division. They're going to find out what the what the problem is. But this sir, family will. May I jump back in for a minute, sir? Yeah, go ahead. Yes, sir. No disrespect to you, sir. Okay. Um, I was on the phone for two hours with the people from Equisearch that found the body. Of PFC yeah. Gallery, they and they they quoted me, and they said, if not for people on social media pressing this, they were gonna try and sweep it under the rug, sir. Now I heard this from the people's mouths themselves. I'm gonna have them on my show in a couple of weeks. Okay. Okay, sir. What that 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 Fort Hood was gonna sir, try to keep it sir, under wraps. Sir, no disrespect to this, sir. No disrespect to you, I'm, sir. I know cover up. Please don't, please don't do this to me. No, no, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not saying it as a cover up. I'm, I'm talking to you from from the perspective of senior leadership. What should be going on? And if that's not going on, then yeah, we got a problem over there. Sir, we had a problem on the 23rd of April when she came up when she, when she didn't report for duty. It's been an ongoing problem, sir. How are they going to carry yeah. this young lady on the rolls? Is AWOL? Working yeah, and, and that's what I'm my, saying. And that's what I was saying earlier. I went, out to the post. I went to the post to look for my child, and the chain of command is blowing me off. Well, Please and, don't and, do this to me, sir. Just a second, Mr. Dunnewell. And, and, I, and I, I understand... Colonel, what you're saying, and, and, and probably I'm sure because it says, reading it says that it's under investigation. Obviously, we know there is no way that they're not going to do some form of investigation. So, what Mr. Daniel Walker is saying, I get that as well. But there's been cover up, and somebody, and he feels that somebody's trying to protect somebody uh, because we know that, that she's gone since April the 23rd, however. They were showing that she was there, front row center, and we know better than that. So obviously there's already been some form of cover up, but obviously we know that it's under investigation right now. But I think that if we ring the bell, if they know that the public out here is not having this anymore, that we're that we're on top of it as well, even though that they're they're actually the ones who are actually doing the hands on investigation, but we're going to do our part as well. You know, we as retirees from armed forces, 
every trouble and, I and more, so, well. more so as mothers and grandmothers. Absolutely. And grandfathers. Absolutely. You know, we you know, our kids want to be able to join the military so it's our responsibility to ensure that whatever comes out of this investigation that it's gonna be something that's gonna uh comfort us that our kids can be safe. I have a I have a nephew that just just graduated from AIC and getting ready to get shipped overseas. And you're right. And what Mr. Walker is also saying is that we we don't want our our children to go to the military if they're going to have to go into a situation uh, such as this. So, so we all have served, and we would probably stand if we had that opportunity. So therefore. It's going to take all of us working together to make sure that they know that our all of us on exactly what's going on with this investigation, and we want to make sure that some changes take. There are programs, but we got to make sure that these programs are implemented, and that women and men never assaulted and losing their lives uh, in the ever again. Go ahead, Colonel. I know that you were trying to complete your your. No, no, I, I, I'm good. You know, uh, but you know, I'm, I'm, I'm sure. You know, at that installation level, at a three-star level, everything that he, every resource he has to throw toward this, is being investigated. It may look like a cover-up on the surface, but the only way, only thing that's going to un- uncover that is a detailed investigation, and the CID mm-hmm. and probably the FBI and everybody else is involved in this. They will get to the bottom of this, in, in my view. That this is a stain on the military that's got to be removed, and they got to uh, do it Colonel, in, uh, in an expeditious manner. Just, just, just a minute, this. Colonel Carter. Just let him let him finish that, and we'll. Yes. <laughs> I know we're, we're excited, but let him finish, and then we'll we'll go to Colonel Carter, Lieutenant. Okay. Carter. Go ahead. You know, the, I I know that uh, about the investigations. We had CID. All of us were uh, uh, were uh, ex, uh, what do you call it? We had to. Just, to testify and, and give written right. reports when we were in Germany. Right. And this is when the SHARP program started out was because yeah. of all the problems we had during 2003 and 2004. And at that time, it was major cover-up. And so that I can understand that, that they, they're probably doing a good investigation, I just want to see it all out in the open. That's all I want. Everything out yeah. in the open. Everything. Yeah. So you got you've got you've got elected officials involved in it. It's going to come out in the open. Okay. <laughs> well, I think I think we can all we can all agree that that it has to go through the investigation. There's no way it cannot, and, and there's there's no way I will ever believe that the. The Army Criminal Investigation Man is not involved. The FBI is involved. Even even Carson, she was found in someplace, right? And then the United States Marshal Carson, we we have uh, First Sergeant Daryl Eddings with him from the Marshal uh, Service and Texas Rangers. All everybody everybody involved in this. This is a serious matter. We're talking about something drastic. I mean, it's a like the, the major that decided he was going to kill people over there at Fort Hood. We remember that. It's a lot of things that have gone at Fort Hood, Texas. Oh, yeah. 
jump in. My visual is my visual of this young lady and her body parts and semen is just too horrendous. It is. It's there. But but Mr. Johnny Walker was right. And kept in the dark over there. They've, they've tried to cover up some. Obviously, we know that it's hard for me to believe there was only two people in that arms room. That was that. What what the perpetrator's name is? Aaron Davis Robinson, something like that. And he and that man were the only ones in there cleaning up blood. Now, blood is hard to clean up, guys. I can tell you that. Uh, I've had to clean up a lot of blood. Where patients lost blood, so it's—I mean—to think that nobody saw anything is hard for me to fathom, hard for me to believe. How in the world? And then, and then you're going to take her to somebody, and you're going to tell me that she was quiet? No, somebody had to hear something. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Miss Sharon Barry, come in. Miss Barry. Uh, she's off right now. She's off. Okay. All right. Anybody, come in. It, it's it, it's a it's a hurtful it's a hurtful thing. It's 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 just hurtful. And I I think the more people the more people that talk about okay. this about this, the better. Better. That's true. That's true. I don't know. We're getting some echoes. We never get echoes. Maybe we can help with that. I don't know why we're echoing tonight. But, but you know, uh, we have to continue to make noise, Shirley. We have to continue to make noise. Exactly. Exactly. That poor little uh, actor, I can't think of his name, the little old bitty guy, he just finally got uh, Congress to listen to him about those people that were uh, those firemen and those people that were affected in uh, 9-11. Mm-hmm. Remember, that just came about. Yes, that's right. Look, and it's he was before Congress, time after time. It makes no sense that it takes that long for the wheels to turn and make things happen. Nine eleven. We know. We remember how long ago that was, and it's twenty twenty now. Yeah, it was just. I think it was just last year. And one of the guys that he was up there testifying before Congress, he died within a, two or three weeks after the hearings. Yeah. So, and uh, the 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 sexual harassment thing did not happen overnight. That that no. took quite a bit of time. Yeah. And remember, General Petraeus got hung up in what? That's it. Okay. And and not only that, Colonel. There there's it, it, there's a lot of different cases of different things that have gone on at Fort Hood. That that after this young lady's death, things are just really surfacing back. They're talking because nothing really transpired uh, with that supposedly. Uh, uh, sexual ring that was going on there at Hood. That's what. That's what I'm saying. When, uh, everybody knows what's going on. So who, who evaluated those guys? Hmm. Who who continued to evaluate these people? 
Well, if they if 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 they were caught in a sexual ring, then they all 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 should be in eleven words. By there that. you go. Yeah. So <laughs> if that was going on, that that was the uh, fix for that. But I, I, I'm not conversant on that. I, I hadn't. I never heard that about Fort Hood. <laughs> yep, that's, that's one of the stories that's out. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's, one, it's one of the stories that's out now too. On the, it may be from 2017, but they've got quite a bit of stuff rolling with it again. Exactly, it's coming back to fruition because it was actually in in newspapers across Texas when the Daily Beast and the Texas Tribune. It was out there in 2017, even when it supposedly was taking place. Uh, any, is anyone familiar with how many people, uh, PFCs, have come up missing in Fort Hood in the past four to five years? Guys, Michelle, I, I sent you information to you. Maybe we yes. need to have a class here. Maybe we need to have what? I'm sorry? Maybe we need to be, I should conduct a class because there's been five, quite a few bodies missing at Fort Hood, Texas, within the past four to five years. Yeah. And nobody here knows anything? Something is going on. Yes, ma'am. I've, I've been putting the pictures out all over the Internet. People are sending them to me. Uh-huh. And not only the there's been five or six people missing. Because the guy that they found, uh, he was supposed to have been getting out, what, the next day or the next week or something like that. And there was a prostitution ring going on there. Mm-hmm. Yes, there was. They just busted two of the gentlemen, two of the guys. And there's more than prostitution going on there. Trust me. Okay, so my you. understanding is we, uh, Shirley, who is the person that has a list of the action plans? I'm, I'm sorry, say that one. Who has a list of the action things that have come up so far? The petition. Uh-huh. And what, and other stuff. what, what else do we have down? It's, it's also actually going down on the uh, Internet. And, and, of course, uh-huh. to contact the uh, family, of course, to send uh, that information to the star. There is that out here in world there's uh, veterans who are happy with the things that are going on there. So we as a group actually piggyback onto that petition. We can put together our own letter to send out. That a specific letter important to uh, to come from from veterans, and then then to add to the fact that we have elected officials who are joining in with us and supporting us in the petition. Mm-hmm. And it'd be easy to put the letter together. That's not a real issue at all. Okay. And, you know, we have a large number of uh, military people running for office, too. Yes, we do. Uh, MJ Hager, Kim Olson, mm-hmm. and others. So, And others. That's right. What are your thoughts on that, Colonel? Well, it, uh, uh, you, uh, you've, you've got a lot of good ideas. I'm just, I was trying to think about the best way to approach it. If you're going to, if, if you're putting a letter together to send to that 
installation and who to send it to. Uh, uh, and I don't know, one of the ways to get it, to, if you want to get responses, is to get it through a local congressman that has had responsibility for Fort Hood. Right. Uh, send it through him to to public affairs or to the inspector general at, of the installation. Uh, and that will generate uh, uh, responses from the highest level. Okay. Uh, it, apparently, you all know a whole lot more about it. I, out of my whole career, I never was stationed at Fort Hood. Uh, right. But most installations operate about the same. Oh, absolutely. Uh, if, there's, if there's a lot of, you think it's foul play or wrongdoing going on at Fort Hood, by all means, yeah, I, I would get it, make it official, make sure it's factually correct and get it through your uh, local congressman so he can get it to the core command uh, that who is, who is going to take the action on it. Right. Well, we so can certainly what's going on now, this is a chain of command issue, and they got to deal with it. Yeah. And, and in addition to that, like I, I just heard a comment about um, there are a lot of veterans that are running for office, and, and you know, they just have to make sure that we, are, we have the same agenda, and then there are other politicians, you know, who could probably help push um, that letter or that agenda out um, because, you know, they're seeking the same answers and same results and stuff. And stuff. So, you know, by all means, you know, um, you know, you know, just reach out to all channels. And just, you know, after you put put it there and and you see them if they make it a part of their platform and is it is in, to enhance their platform then, yeah, that's, you know, that's not for us. But if it's really, really to make sure things like this don't happen again in the future, yeah. you know, then that's who we want to put, you know, hook out what is a horse to the wagon, to that uh, car. Because right now a lot of politicians are going to jump on this bandwagon because it will resonate um, and, and help their platform. So we want to be careful about that. I agree with you 100%. And the reason I, this is Barry again, and, and the reason I say you want to go through your local congressman because uh, in leadership positions, I had to deal with Congress on many cases, dealing with soldiers. That's so when you, when, when installation gets, when you get a letter from a congressman, you have an office dedicated to congressional and senatorial uh, uh, responses, dealing with that. So exactly. if you get that to them, they have to give a response within a timely manner. I mean, That's and, right. and not only that, your mayor, because your installation commander has um, is equivalent to a mayor, and so mm-hmm. you can get that mayor to put that letter um, out in front of that commander. But you know, your local politicians—that's definitely one avenue. But to me, uh, you know, no stone should be unturned. Any, and there, there should be letters coming from every everywhere. organization everywhere. I, I agree. One hundred percent. I agree. Well, Councilmember McCuller, I can help with the um, I can help with the political side in terms of in terms of helping uh, you know construct the letter uh, on the congressional side. I can help with that part. Mm-hmm. Excellent. Excellent. Well, we got to do this uh, because it, we have. She can no longer. Uh, the sergeant can no longer speak for herself. We have to be her voice. Uh, and so uh, I'm, I'm ready. Uh, it, it, it's hard to, um, to rest well knowing that this young lady suffered the way that she did. 
and, and we have so much we can pull from. We can we can document and attach all of these articles. There are everywhere talking about this. The articles all the way back to 2017. I'm looking at some of the articles right now. And it's talking about the prostitution ring that went on over there. And we've heard off and on of Sandra's things. And as Mr. Danny Walker mentioned, that bodies have come up missing. There's there's actual articles uh, of this, and I, I, and they're legitimate newspapers and and news uh, vineyards. So I don't think these things are being made up. And so we're ready. Comments from anybody, Miss Cynthia? Any comments from you? We thank everybody for for jumping in and helping us to work toward a solution to make sure that no other female, no male, no anybody uh, that decides to serve this country. Uh, uh, Shirley, how do we get our emails to um, to uh, to get all the documents or the things that we're going to be doing? How do we do that? Yeah, well, if it, if everybody would, I'm gonna I put my my phone number out there so that people could mm-hmm. uh, I'll put my email address out there and then we can start collecting data. Uh, we have telephone numbers uh, on our board uh, that we could probably send text messages to uh, so that everybody can and if, and people know how to reach me if they could send their email addresses uh, and then their phone number and attach a name to the phone number. Uh, because we have a lot of people that are listening. We we have certain ones that are, are speaking up, but there are a lot of people who are sending text messages and, and asking questions and so forth. So so that's one of the ways that we can do that. And I and I actually will put uh, put my email address out there right now, unless, Colonel Carter, you want to put yours out there, or we can uh, start collecting information, or we both can put ours out there where people can Send us their information, and then we'll have it. We'll start putting okay, that data. Okay, so mm-hmm. Go ahead. You want you want to put your email address out there, ma'am? Oh, oh my! I'm sorry. Uh, Jay mm-hmm. Carter, one nine four, and don't laugh at aol dot com. Every time I say that, people laugh. You still got an aol account? <laughs> oh yeah. So that's that's those long time accounts. <laughs> yeah, one of those long time accounts. Good, and I just got I just got an email address. And okay, so this is good. We'll start we'll start compiling uh, the emails and everything. And oh, thank you so much, Miss Cynthia. Any any comments? Any more comments? That she says she's got to run uh, to get ready for tomorrow. So, do you have any final comments before you jump off, Miss Cynthia? She may have already jumped off, but I have her information. And I'll make sure that you get that, uh, Colonel Carter. Mr. Danny Walker, comments from you. Any any more information that you'd like to share with us? Because he, like I said, Mr. Walker is an investigative reporter, and he's done some amazing reporting on this uh, this case. And he also mentioned that the the minute that that situation happened with Miss Sandra Bland, we were down there. Uh, he came all the way out of Baltimore down to uh, to uh, do some investigation on that case. And we just keep track of all of these various instances that are happening uh, throughout the country, whether they're in the civilian world or whether they're in the military, uh, because somebody's got to ring that bell so that, that someday, somehow, we'll be able to stop uh, these things from happening, especially on a military installation where there's supposed to be such security, 
such security. Yeah. Um, I just think this. Go ahead. Go ahead. I just have one last thing. Uh, and the investigative reporter probably have better numbers than I do, but I believe there was 7,825 sexual assaults in the military in 2019. Yes, ma'am. 7,825. Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. You're right on target, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. And what happened with them? Nothing, right? It's like, huh, it's like the rats investigating the cheese factory. There you go. Okay, and, so and I don't, I don't mean any disrespect to anyone. Yes, ma'am. Yes, I would think yes, ma'am. And just and and, just the one, and, and just there the, is go ahead. No, Mr. Dunny, go ahead. Just another number, and, and I love Texas. Texas is beautiful. Okay, Dr. McKellar got me down here. Texas is beautiful. Um, I have ne- I love Texas. It just we got to take a look at some things, ladies and gentlemen. We're in the 21st century. We're talking to each other on, on, on super modern technology. Look how far technology has come. But look how far back with mankind has slipped. Yes. Okay. And, and, it, and it's a hurting thing because I have a daughter. And, and this troubles me. This truly troubles my heart. I don't mean anyone on this phone any disrespect. But this bothers me. This is what I do. I'm very passionate about this. And that's why and I threw that number out there about the 7,825. Here's another number. In the state of Texas, in a 10-year time period, there have been seven, 700 in-custody deaths per year. Go check. Go check. Mm-hmm. It's all common knowledge. 700 in-custody deaths per year. Women of color do not hang themselves. That's true. 2015, six, five women of color committed suicide in our jail system around the country, which is a lie. Women of color do not commit suicide. Women of color will give you their last sandwich. They will take, take care of family. They don't commit suicide. No matter how tough it gets. <laughs> no matter how tough the going gets, they will take a peanut butter sandwich and get you a dinner out of it. So we got to quit. Please, let's stop lying on women. That young lady was struggling over there. She was struggling. She didn't have anyone in her chain of command she could trust. Friends that have been sexually assaulted in the Army and the Air Force. And they live with this demon every day. Mr. Walker. Yes, ma'am. It's a scary thing to walk that line of where you need to report and hire us. Yes, it is. I've heard that, ma'am. It's a very tough line. You know, I, I was uh, high-ranking, 05, still <laughs> had to walk the line of making sure that what I reported was accurate and could be uh, confirmed, sometime with support of my, sometime without. So yeah. she was 
just started now, so she was probably very scared. Yeah, exactly. Very scared. And my 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 ex-wife and myself we were both both senior non-commission officers, and for a fact, I can tell you that as a woman of color, you had to be four times better than everyone else. And it was a hurting thing to watch her. And she gave it her all. She gave it her all. She retired. She gave it her all. And we still talk to this day. And we had a long conversation last night. Well, Shirley can tell you how many congressional investigations uh, I have and she has and her other friend has initiated. Yeah. We had no choice. It's true. You all have it hard. You have it hard. And, and, and even sometimes, can I jump in for a second? Even and I'm glad that Colonel brought that out because even at the congressional level, it sometimes takes a long, long time, if ever, to make things come to fruition. You file a congressional. Yes, it does. If we, we have to do it. But I must say, Germany, it was pretty quick, wasn't it? Yeah, it was pretty pretty fast overseas. But yeah, it was but pretty, pretty slow otherwise. Yeah, but, mm-hmm. but, but on domestic soil, sometimes a little slow. That's what I I never served at Fort Hood, but I had always heard some really strange things about Fort Hood, Texas. Well, well, this is what's interesting, Mr. Dunning and everybody, is that that all of this transpired, and even even on June the 30th, when when they were working to uh, interview, re-interview, let me say re-interview this Cicely Aguilar, who is the, was the girlfriend of the perpetrator, right? Yeah, so that yes, was, ma'am. It, re-interviewing, but she didn't get arrested until July the 2nd in Bell County. Exactly. Exactly. It, it, it's amazing the length of time. So I'm not surprised that all of this time went by uh, when they were looking, or supposed to be looking, or should have been looking uh, for Miss Vanessa, Sergeant Vanessa. Why does it take this kind of time uh, to make things happen? The sister pointed out. That she went, her she personally went out to the installation. She knew the yes. sergeant, but she didn't know him personally. But she asked him, "Where's my sister?" And then she yes. makes a statement. She says he laughed in her face. Yes. Really? And she's crying in an interview. She says her sister wasn't a joke. Yes. And you're pulling her like she was a joke. She wasn't your joke. <laughs> The guy laughed in her face. He wasn't. He was not even in her chain of command. He was only a. These were two PFCs, by the way. These weren't sergeants. He was a PFC, and she was a PFC. That's all. You, you, are you talking about the perpetrator? <laughs> the perpetrator. Aaron Robinson was a PFC. That's all. Oh, I thought, is that right? No, man. Well, that's what the colonel said, the 06 said the early PFC, on. It was probably. PFC Aaron Robinson from Calumet, Illinois. 
PFC Vanessa Gillian from Houston, Texas, 20 years of age, 2018 graduate, Jesus Surveyors High School, athlete, track star. I, I do my homework. I don't throw stuff against the wall. He was a PFC charge of the armories with a security clearance. Normally, they'll have a senior, because I've seen that, and someone coming to the unit new, I've had PFC, but they worked up under a sergeant, okay? Oh, they right. And, and, an and an officer. Right. It, was, it was Jillian's arms. It was her arms room. It wasn't Aaron Robinson's arms room. It wasn't his arms room. That's the, that's what? the kicking part of this. How did he get clearance to that arms room? He wasn't assigned to that, you. Cool. What access? No, ma'am. What access roster is his name on? My goodness. My goodness. Colonel Barry, there's a there's a lot of a lot of unanswered uh, things. There, there's a timeline of events that started from the 22nd all the way to uh, July the 5th uh, when they confirmed her remains. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I think Stella so. said they had a timeline. I just haven't looked at it. I need to go do that. Did you know they found yeah. some more of her remains today? Oh, wow. Yeah. Yes, I'm sure that there, there will be a chronology of, there will be a chronology of events, but, sure. but if what I just heard was she was the armorer for the unit? Yes. The armor room was hers? She was an, uh, it, it probably wasn't all of hers. She had a sergeant yeah. over her. Normally that's how okay. it's an NCO and an enlisted running an yeah. arms room. Her NCO was reporting her as all present and accounted for. Yeah. Yeah. But he, she wasn't all present and accounted for because the family is calling the post going, where's my sister? Where's my sister? The family wasn't getting any results, so they went to social media. <laughs> They weren't well, getting any results from Fort Hood. Uh, uh, so they went on social media. The, the, the lady and gentleman that run the company called Equisote told me this today. If it wasn't for social media, he wouldn't have found her. Yeah. So can I run through the uh, timeline for quickly, and then you guys can dialogue on that, and, and we're about to run out of our time. But it says on, it says on did I not hear someone? Okay. Go ahead, Dr. McKellar. Yes. April 22nd, Gillier is murdered with a hammer inside an armory building. The suspect, with an S, according to law enforcement, used a trunk to remove her body from Fort Hood and dismember it before burying it uh, in the Leon River, along the Leon River. April 23rd, CID was notified by a commissioned officer in the 3rd CR, uh, Provost Marshal, that then PFC Gillian was reported missing. April 24th, the CID issues a missing soldier letter for Gillian, Fort Hood, to the military police officers. April the 26th, Aguilar, that's the girlfriend of Robinson, Aguilar and Robinson, on April the 26th, are believed to return according to their cell phone data 
they continue with the process of breaking down the remains of her body. April 28th, CID interviews, now April 28th, interviews SPC Robinson for the first time. April 30th, Secretary of the Army makes the following statements in a COVID-19 press briefing. I'd like to start out this morning by talking about a missing soldier, Private First Class Vanessa Gillier, in hopes of increasing the public's awareness and assistance in finding her. Private First Class Gillier went missing on 22 April from Fort Hood, Texas. In concert with the local law enforcement efforts, the Army will continue aggressively searching for her. Our hearts go out to her family, and we will not stop until she is found. On May 18th, two witnesses are interviewed who observed SPC Robinson struggling with a tough box outside of the armory. May 19, Robinson consents to the search of his cell phone by law enforcement using a universal forensics extraction device. June 19, Aguilar is interviewed for the first time. June 21, cell phone data from both Robinson and Aguilar leads law enforcement officials to an area near Leon River. Law enforcement officials locate the burned lid of a Pelican transport case, but fail to find a body. June 30th, at about 1 p.m., contractors find working on a fence near the Leon River discover partial human remains that would later be confirmed as Gilead's body and notified law enforcement. CID and partner agencies discover human remains. At about 8.30 p.m., Aguilar was interviewed again and told law enforcement officials about the killing. Robinson fled Fort Hood and killed himself shortly after midnight when approached by law enforcement in Kayleen, Texas. July 2nd, FBI formally submits a criminal complaint by Fort Aguilar. Fort Hood and CID hold a press briefing. July 5th, remains are confirmed to be Vanessa Gillian. That's the timeline. So, uh, Congresswoman uh, Sylvia uh, Garcia, I believe, right, uh, Ms. Sharon Berry, uh, is the uh, Congresswoman for that area, I believe. Um, I believe. I know, uh, I think so. I think she is the Congresswoman. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, well, based on that chronology, this is Barry again, uh, yeah. Uh, the information that you're gonna that you're asking for, I, I don't know. Now that the Secretary of the Army and the Secretary of Defense are all involved in it, I don't know right. what your investigation right. is going to yield. So that's all. That's tied up. Yeah. Well, uh, you're I, talking I about the F- I, I yeah. You're talking right, about FBI that. hands right now and, and U.S. Right. Marshal. Right. And I don't uh, think so. Much so much our, investigation, our investigation, but the fact that we're submitting a letter of concern that we want to make we want to never again. So this is again. So this is. From yeah. from military personnel, not trying to investigate yeah. anything, investigation. But just that, our concern about we want to make sure that they they do what they they do diligence and that make sure that this never happens again on Fort, fort Hood or any other fort or any other installation in the world, in the military. 
comments, everybody. Final comment, uh, Colonel Carter, we'll hear from you. and have about eight minutes left in this show. I really appreciate everybody coming on tonight and expressing and moving forward on what we can do uh, in order to uh, make some changes and transitions. Uh, let, let's, let's go ahead and start uh, Dr. Plummer first, and then we'll finish out with uh, all the military personnel. I don't know if Dr. Plummer is still with us. If not, we'll go to. Are you there, Dr. Plummer? Then let's go to Colonel Carter. Well, that timeline needs to be shortened too long for my daughter <laughs> to be missing. Thank you. That's exactly. too long. Exactly. That's too long. That's too long. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's the, the problem. That, that's the problem that I have. And Thank how long you. it took them to arrest this lady. And then they re-interviewed them. That's too long. Too long. Two months. My child missing two months. Nobody feels like they Two months. That's disgraceful. Yeah. That's disgraceful. And I'm sorry, ladies and gentlemen. That's disgraceful. Right. Okay. More comments, Mr. Danny Walker. Mr. Danny Walker. Go over to the Colonel. No, no, I, I don't. I don't have any further comments, Doctor Michelle. Thank you. Yeah, thank you, uh, Colonel, for your uh, for your valuable time and coming uh, to share with us uh, tonight and give us some guidance and direction uh, from our top command. So, what about your wife? Is she still off, Miss? Uh, and his wife happens yes, to be. Yes, I'm. Um, oh, I, okay. look, I am so. I am so accustomed at being downplayed when I'm near Colonel Barry. That's quite all right. <laughs> no way, ma'am. You're not downplayed. <laughs> but I appreciate all the comments and, um, you know, any and everything we, we do isn't going to be justice enough for what has happened to this young soldier. And my heart uh, goes out to the family. And so, yes, we're all in. All hands on deck. We are all in to do what we can. And thank you all. Thank everybody on the call. Absolutely. All right. Mr. Walker, I don't know if you finished or not. Did you have some final comments? Yes, ma'am. Just, you know, the family went out to Washington, D.C. to talk with a couple of Congress people out there. One of them was Chelsea, I think, Gabbard. And um, right. the mom took sick. Okay, the young lady's mother got sick out there. They they, they say she took really sick out there. Yeah. And and you and you ladies, you're right. That's too long for my child to be missing. That, that timeline is way too long. That's unacceptable. And I'm sorry, that is unacceptable. As a non-commissioned officer, when my soldiers didn't show up for formation, when at the end of that formation, I went to my soldiers' room. I had to find my soldiers. I had to find my soldiers. I had great and, and leadership. I just told you they were complicit. 
I had great leadership, both NCO and officer. And I had to find my soldiers as a squad leader, as a section sergeant, as a platoon sergeant. I had to find my soldiers. That's unexcusable. And I'm sorry. I digress. All right. But, but you're right. You're absolutely right because the chain of command had to be complicit because the, the commander knows he didn't sign a leave form for 30 days, 60 That's days, right. however yeah. long. So, you know, but then after all the facts were uncovered, it, 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 you know, it showed that they were saying she was present. And then after, you know, they disposed of the body, then they reported her as, as absent. And it was because of the, uh, the, the, the phone tracing, the phone call tracing that they started putting the timeline together and everything. But yeah, so, yeah, that company commander, first sergeant, yeah, they got some explaining to do. Absolutely. Well, listen, guys, Senator Colonel Carter. May I add one thing? Sure. Just, uh, just think about something. A naval commander was relieved of duty on a ship because his men came down with COVID-19 and he was trying to help them. Think about this, please. A naval commander was relieved for trying to help his soldiers, to help the seamen. Please think about what I'm saying. But you have a commander of a post that lets someone go missing for two months? Yeah. A whole chain of command let a lady go missing for two months? They should all be relieved. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, guys. Well, listen, I cannot tell you how much I appreciate the conversation, how much I appreciate the work of everybody coming in and joining in. And the one thing that I can tell you is that that we have to make sure that this never happens to anyone else. Uh, We have to start sustaining the momentum. We all have to join in together. It's going to take us all working. Uh, This is an insider threat inside of an organization that we all served, and we served with valor. We served because we wanted to. We were not forced to go there. We actually wanted to serve. And we want to make sure that sexual assault and sexual harassment uh, never happens to anybody else because this is not our Army values. This is not a military value because we, we did have, we have some Air Force, Navy, Army. We have everybody, all armed forces on tonight. So this sexual harassment program, the SHARP that uh, Lieutenant Colonel George Carter was talking about, uh, we have to make sure that these things are implemented so that this will never happen again. We have to prevent this sexual harassment. How can people carry out their duties if they know that they're being harassed? And we also have to make sure that those people who are military personnel who are experiencing this, that that we have to reduce that stigma, that we have to make sure that they report this, and that we have to protect one another. We have to protect the victims. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground. 
cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.